Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prime Subjective Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Stewie Griffin. No, I'm sorry. I'll stop that. I'm your host, uh, Chris Newcomer, getting over a cold, so I apologize for the way that I sound. It's a little congested, but, you know, it's it's very sexy. Uh, with me, as always, is Carrie Coleman-Hinners. Picard. 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 Jean-Luc Picard. Also very sexy yeah. and congested uh, from Amanda yeah. Plummer. Uh, and yeah. Michael Henley is also here. Uh, poise for sale. Some are me, some are sweet. <laughs> That's a background character in the in Elementary Next Generation episode. Data. Yeah, uh-huh. 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 you hear him like multiple times. And I'm just like... Ah, you don't uh, think I heard someone saying boys for sale? <laughs> I see. No, Lobby. I thought you. Yeah, I thought that was a role you played in your high school production of Sweeney Todd. Or Oliver. I mean, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Or Oliver. A real gritty production of Oliver. <laughs> I was. I was in a high school. Ripe strawberries, ripe. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's very funny. Well, mm-hmm. while we're here and while we're on the subject, you know, Michael Henley, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Um. I'm racking my brain for stuff to report because it, uh, you know, just kind of a, kind of an uneventful week, honestly, outside of boring work stuff. But um, uh, my hey, let's hear is... a fun work problem. Let's work it out here on the pod. I think that'd be oh, a great. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't punish you guys till I have to listen okay. to that. Uh, All right. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, deadlines. You know, like deadlines are fun, right? Work oh, yeah. Deadlines. <laughs> You ever, you ever know the thing about deadlines is uh, yeah, right, yeah. that's that's the end of my stand-up. Um, no, I'm good. I'm is that good. your version of you might be a redneck if it's like you ever notice about deadlines? Is... It's, <laughs> now it's it's my version of like the Seinfeld, just like what's the deal with? Oh, I see. You know, you know, airplane food. Yeah, 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 yeah. The food at the airport. You know, like what's going on with those prices? Um, <laughs> you know uh no i got nothing to report honestly i'm blanking but uh things are good good well we like to hear things are good carrie how about you how are how are you doing how are things going what's happening well i watched some more of andor okay okay so apparently i had stopped like sixth episode um right before their their heist where it got like really exciting there so that's like right before i which is maybe why i was like what did people see in this show so i watched the end of that show and i was like wow this took some unexpected turns the last 15 minutes of this show and then the next episode i said wait what this is a this something completely different happened i wasn't (laughs) expecting any of this so um Anyway, that's just my report on Andor and my feelings about it. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you're kind of still on the fence on uh, about it. No, no, no. I mean, I no, I I think the show is good. I never okay. didn't like the show. Okay. I just really want to hear from people as yourself that really love the show. That's all. I like it because like I so I have like this weird relationship with Star Wars where I grew up with it, but like, you know, it like I'm kind of cool on like a lot of the shows currently airing, like the Mandalorian and stuff. Like my always my takeaways are just like, oh, that was a cool effect sequence, but like I never really care about the characters too much. And or I ended up caring a lot about the characters, and it felt like mm. a very character driven story, which is honestly, which is not something that Star Wars usually does. I feel like right. in this new wave of Star Wars stuff, I feel like a lot of the movies have been kind of like 
fun but forgettable and a couple of them have been like really trying to do something interesting um and i feel like andor kind of falls more in the doing something interesting uh aspect it, it feels really well thought out in what it's thinking and, right. you know and it's got stuff to say it's got a it's got a pov and all that kind of stuff and that, that's part of what i really take to it. it it you know as someone who is just kind of like oh, i don't know if star wars is for me anymore it kind of made me feel like oh this is this is making me excited. And also, you know, again, not to slag on other Star Wars things that are currently happening, but like the, the original Star Wars is such like a, it's like this grab bag of like things that people are influenced by, like old samurai movies and like things like that, basically Westerns, like all that kind of sort of stuff. And as we get more and more Star Wars, I feel like I gravitate less and less towards stuff that basically feels like it's inspired by other Star Wars movies. Um, and Andor didn't feel that way to me. It's it's still using the same, you know, structure and the same, you know, uh, environs and all that kind of stuff. But like, it feels way more inspired by like, World War II, like bleak espionage dramas and stuff like that, which yeah. I'm really, really into. So I really dig that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Carrie's saying, yeah, if I'm if <laughs> yeah. I'm reading her correctly. Uh, sounding like those, those those Muppets are on yeah. Sesame Street, that yap, 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 yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to have a discourse on Star Wars. I just wanted to Even hear though you opinion. brought up Andor. <laughs> it's all it's, for the second <laughs> second podcast in a row. I'm not Andor here to talk again. about Star Wars, but what do you think about Star Wars Andor? I like that. That's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> precept to throw. I offer no opinion. I offer no opinion. Fair, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Chris, how are yes. you doing? Oh, wonderful! I'm doing. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, hanging in there. I uh, was kind of been kind of pretty sick actually the past uh, kind of past Aww. couple of weeks, and then it came to it's like my body was fighting something. I didn't know what it was. And then last week, this cough. Shortly after we had our podcast, I had a thank you places rehearsal the next day, and then after that, my 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 head just erupted in cough, cold like flu hell. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been like kind of coffee coldy all up until like yesterday and today I've been feeling a little bit better. So, um, which is not great timing for um, my one year anniversary with my boyfriend. Aww. So I was like, hey, you know, you want to you want to celebrate our love by uh, making me soup and uh, watching television on the couch and me possibly that, getting you aw. sick. Wouldn't that be nice? The perfect way to celebrate. Love. It was nice. It was sweet. And he brought flowers and it was really it was really lovely. And we so we did end up when I was feeling better. We did end up going out. Um, okay. You know, what always makes a cold better is tequila, from what I understand. Uh, sure. Certainly what I tried. Um, and that may not have been the case. But, um, you right. know, well, here we are. Um, but other than that, I'm good. And also Yellow Jackets is back. So, I mean, you yeah. know, hey, what could be bad go. about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we dive into the two episodes we're going to talk about today, which are um, season two, episode three of Star Trek The Next Generation, Elementary Dear Data. And then season uh, three, episode six of Star Trek Picard, Bounty. Now, um, fun fact, originally uh, they named it Bounty because they had a cross promotion with Bounty paper towels. Right. Um, and then they remembered the paper towels were not in the, the 25th century. And so they had to like dial that back a little bit, but they figured it out. And they went with this other other thing that they ended up doing. But first we're going to talk about mm -hmm. elementary mm -hmm. dear data. <clears throat> so here's the... Um, here is the uh, storyline of that one. Um, okay. As the Federation Starship Enterprise under the command of Captain Jean-Luc Picard waits to <laughs> rendezvous with the USS Victory, 
Chief Engineer LaForge, uh, as they call him, uh, it, which is such so weird. We feel like you never hear him called that way. It's always just like Jordy LaForge or Jordy anyway. And Commander <laughs> Data go to the holodeck to recreate uh, a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Data, playing Holmes, has memorized all of the Holmes stories and recognizes and solves the mystery within minutes. Frustrated, Jordy leaves the holodeck, leaving Data confused. In mm -hmm. 10 Forward, Jordy explains that the fun is in solving the unknown. Uh, Data does not understand. Overhearing their conversation, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Pulaski asserts <laughs> that Data is incapable of solving a mystery to which he does not already know the outcome. Data accepts Dr. Pulaski's challenge and invites her to join them on the holodeck. There, Jordy instructs the computer to create a unique Sherlock Holmes mystery with an adversary who is capable of defeating Data. In the new program, Dr. Pulaski is kidnapped and Data investigates. They soon discover that Professor Moriarty is responsible. But when they find him with Pulaski in his hideout, they are shocked when they learn that Moriarty is aware of the holodeck program being a simulation and is able to access the holodeck computer, showing them a sketch of the Enterprise he has drawn based on the computer's description. Data and Jordy leave the holodeck to alert the captain, and Jordy realizes that when he asked the computer to create the program, he had asked for an adversary who could defeat Data, not Sherlock Holmes. As a result, the computer gave the holodeck character, Professor Moriarty, the intelligence and cunning needed to challenge Data plus the ability to access the ship's computer. Uh, when Moriarty gains access to ship's stabilizer controls, Data returns to the holodeck with Captain Picard. Picard meets Moriarty, who demonstrates <laughs> that he has evolved beyond his original programming and asks to continue to exist in the real world. Picard, te Picard tells Moriarty that this world would, would not be possible. Instead, he saves the program... I'm putting quotation marks in the air. He saves the program and tells Moriarty that if they ever discover a way to convert holodeck matter into a permanent form, they will bring him back. Picard discontinues the program and the USS Victory arrives with LaForge preparing to present a model of the historic HMS Victory. And that is elementary. A da -da 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 data. Great episode. Oh yeah, classique. Classique. Tray classique. Tray classique. I do think... <laughs> I do want to point out, I wanted to point this out as I was reading it, but I think the thing that confounds me about earlier seasons is this thing where, like, where the people who work with Data and know Data really well are always just like, what, Data? You can just play the violin? That's crazy. What? I'm a robot who can just do this thing? I'm like, Data, you... how did you know? What? You get... Right. <laughs> They're all you confounded was... by him in a way. And I'm like, and I know that's the foil for the episode, yeah. but I'm also just like, you you fucking know what Data knows yeah. and what he can and can't do. I mean, come on. Uh, like when, when he, he tries to learn yeah. how to dance from from dr crusher and they're tap dancing and then she's like you have to learn a ballroom data and it's like okay you were teaching the tap dance for a wedding i mean come on get it together dr crusher get it together dr. <laughs> crusher that synopsis left out the fun part of uh jordy making a ship by scratch like by hand like the yeah. ship um the hms victory the yeah. model yeah and they were just all geeking out over it which is I mean, funny. they really are the nerdiest of the nerds um, yeah. on yeah. this yeah. series, which mm -hmm. I, I appreciate. Yeah. Well, like that broccoli episode, uh, Barkley episode. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, you know, and he went and he tutored down at the violin masterclass. And I was like, why do you have a violin masterclass? <laughs> just going regular on a, just a, <laughs> on a starship, just ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that's the future, the utopia world where we just have time to explore our passions. Yeah, it's like everyone's yeah. Montessori. It's a Montessori enterprise. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I love about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that sense of like there's culture eking out of like, you know, every corner of the yeah. enterprise. You know, yeah. Like yeah. people just doing their weird little things. 
cool model yeah. too for Jordy. Honestly, very. It is a very cool model. Yeah. I was admiring it. Yeah, not to sound like another nerd, but I was like, "Ooh, that is a good model." Yeah, yeah. I think. Well done, Jordy. I think you're allowed to be a nerd. Um, uh, I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but I, also, it's good to see Dr. Pulaski. I think she's also. I a love great... Dr. Pulaski. You know, Beverly Crusher, I love, but Pulaski, I also love, and I don't want to just say. I don't want to forget about Dr. Pulaski. I agree. I never want to forget about Dr. Pulaski because Diana Muldor, who was on the original series as well in several episodes, um, I just love when she calls him data and she does it several times. Like, and no one corrected her on set. And no one corrects her. And then finally, data is like, um, it's data. <laughs> and I just love that. I just love that, you know exchange she was like why do you have a preference on how your name is said that's so you're an inanimate object right <laughs> she keeps going on and on and on about how he's just a machine he's just programmed to do these things and that's where this episode um this is how this episode turns like this but mm -hmm. i thought because it's kind of strange when you sit and think about it um because data is presented with unique problems on a daily basis as part of his mm -hmm. job on the enterprise. So to say that he couldn't do something if he was confronted with a unique problem is weird because it's literally what he does. Um, and that's also kind of what people do. They use their past experiences to figure out a current, the solution right. to a current problem. So uh, it's an interesting uh, query that they're, they've put forth here. Yeah, I, um, the, I feel like they definitely brought her on this season and tried to push them into like a bone Spock mm. sort of Very you know, dichotomy. So. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and like that episode where they go, they beamed out of that planet where all like the young, hot children of the scientists are making them old for some reason. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there are children and there's just like these like 25 year olds with like rock hard bodies who are our children. <laughs> who are, like, and she gets pheromones. older and older and older. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very this funny. episode also does highlight that reminds me because that was like a, a solution to that problem was the transporter because her mm -hmm. pattern was saved in the transporter and they got some of her DNA and they brought her back. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the transporter and the hologram have similar kind of plot holes because you're turning this energy into matter. Mm -hmm. So... And now you can give that art, that matter artificial intelligence, whereas like in this uh, episode, he has consciousness, he's aware of himself, mm -hmm. he keeps saying, I think, therefore I am, which is a beautiful catchphrase. Mm -hmm. And um, I wonder where he got that from. And I, <laughs> I think that's... Oh, um... I think that's who that's that's that um that comedian. What's his name? It's um, isn't that uh, George Carlin? I think therefore yeah. I am. I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, Socrates or something. I think it is okay. Socrates. Yeah. Oh, I was I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I was acting, Michael. I tricked you with my acting. I, so think <laughs> I thought it was Gallagher. I thought it was oh, Kathy okay, Griffin yes. in her yeah. uh, Life on the D List um, sure, special. Sure. I think there's uh, where I am on the D List. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh man train of thought off the man, tracks 
I seriously have a problem with how they treat holograms uh, sometimes. And uh, they said if they ever find technology that could bring him into the real world, uh, they will let him out. And they have. They have for a while now because of the, they have mobile, even in the previous episode, there was a mobile emitter. Um, so they could have helped him out. Oh, you mean, you mean in Picard previous episode? I mean, yeah. Yeah. When I say now, I mean the timeline that Picard is in. Okay. Just, just want to be on the same page. <laughs> I don't mean where, I don't mean where we are right now in, uh, twenty twenty. <laughs> right now we have mobile I'm, emitters yeah um, no i'm talking about picard so we have that technology now in picard mm -hmm. we've had that like... technology from voyager right uh they created this sentient uh doctor character and they've you know if they're saying that data should be recognized as a person why mm -hmm. shouldn't the Moriarty also be recognized as a person. It's a it's, it's like a weird yeah. plot hole they don't often solve. I, yeah, I agree. And they don't do enough with it. I almost feel like it's a weird, like accidental kind of through line that goes through like the next generation shows because, and yeah, it ends with the doctor because like there are so many Voyager episodes, especially that are like the doctor is trying to do something and instead of treating him like a person who is trying mm -hmm. to like test the boundaries of their existence. Like yeah. there's always this air of basically just like, oh, you funny little hologram. Oh, now you want to be an author. Now you want to be a singer. Oh, that's adorable. You're not real yeah. people kind of, you know, like, and, and, well, and that's most of them and the rest out. of them. And then it's Belana yeah. Torres meeting him with outright hostility. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. at his endeavors into humanity and, <laughs> and then they actually recycle this in the same sort of way with a boyfriend for Janeway and Voyager um oh, the yeah. Irish yeah. the Irish bartender who suddenly gets uh computer you know... delete the wife <laughs> well, that, well I mean see but, but I that mean, raises but that hmm. character also has a consciousness and a sense of self mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and is holding on in some pattern buffer somewhere. Yeah. Which means that by fairhaven.hot.jiv. In that in that very line, that very Janeway line, like the delete the wife, you know, is that like an ultimate act of cruelty to, you know, basically revise, you know, the history mm -hmm. of this sentient creature basically in order to make him more palatable to you know like it, it's it's such an interesting idea of like what responsibility do people have to holograms if they can kind of mold them and shape them and like do whatever but if they have consciousness is that yeah. right i would argue it's not right you know but no. and uh yeah it's not right and because they're sometimes matter they're not always matter right mm -hmm. they always matter but they're not always matter you know what i mean <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's really good. That's very That's good, really Carrie. Good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Their, their personhood aside, there's also a plot hole in that before the computer gave him sentience, Moriarty saw the arch, which yes, they're not supposed I to do. I was that. like, why did, how yeah. did that even, yeah. is that like a glitch? Like what's, I, I that I was kind of like, yeah. I, I hadn't remembered that from I did see that. watching it. I did see that. They're supposed to not see those right. things. Like if yeah. they walk yeah. in, they're programmed to not see alien faces or modern things or whatever right it's a baffling plot hole like like this is actually one of my favorite episodes of next generation even though watching it again i'm just like 
this is kind of a silly and weirdly structured episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, like, like, I kind of is, and I say that with utmost affection mm-hmm. because, like, the script of this episode is so weird because it sets up this quandary of uh, can data solve a mystery? Basically, is data intuitive? You know, that's what mm-hmm. Pulaski comes down to see. But once Moriarty gains sentience, that basically plot thread stops. You know, yeah. uh, data doesn't even solve the problem. It's in the not end. even about Art data anymore. It's about no, it's, this idea yeah. of uh, sentience. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's kind of weird that that we they accept as it's so funny to me that the you know impetus for this episode is you know Jordy says the wrong thing to the computer uh, and says I want an adversary that can defeat data. And then the computer says, okay, then I need to create a sentient hologram. And like, there's a cutaway to like Worf on the bridge going like, bloop, bloop, mm. that's a little weird. You know, like yeah, what's right. going on? Uh, <laughs> uh, power, <laughs> little, power, search. power search. It's all done now, basically. It's like, well, that's all it takes apparently. And it's, it's just kind of like, if I were on the enterprise, I would be crazed by this. Cause yeah. just like, wait, so the, that means the computer is sentient, right? If it can create sentient. Yeah. Life, yeah. The computer is and sentient? if you think of it this way, if you keep thinking of it that way and you go further, if you could create a, an AI with consciousness without a body and you could create a body without consciousness could you not then put that consciousness put into together. that body yeah. mm-hmm. um it was certainly with all the technology they've already laid out in Star Trek that should be possible yeah but I think that Picard saying Picard saying that to Moriarty at the end was like a um election year um you know uh, early campaign promise you know like they sure. was not planning on following through on that in any way shape yeah. or form and they didn't yeah. and clearly yeah, they didn't yeah he comes back no. and he's like oh i see you haven't thought about me ever since you just saved my program no they <laughs> didn't away. he, threw, he threw never the thought about him ever again and uh oh that the actor is the um the the butler, butler on the from nanny. the nanny from the nanny of course yes mm-hmm. <laughs> who <laughs> is <laughs> who is i would like to point out to not, not a british yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. he is from alabama not british at all but not british at all only plays british characters hey listen if you got a good thing going <laughs> i think i saw him He's in a movie british. i didn't know that yeah I think I saw him in a movie recently and I had to relearn this fact because like he's just playing an American. I was just like, wow, what a flawless American accent. We got a got another Hugh Laurie over here, basically. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's he's American. Yeah. Well, and he's another one of those people who like you, if you actually dissect and listen to his British accent, it isn't uh-huh. that like incredible. It's just sort sure. of like an attitude sure. yes, going on. Yes, yeah. you're and right. a very light sort of effect More affect, of- but it's not like more of like a Shakespeare kind of British. Yeah, it's not like a, he seeks like, him here, he seeks him there, he seeks that seeks that rascal everywhere. I, I, I gotta <laughs> admit, my accent ear is so bad, like I'm just always amazed by them. So you know, when people are like, "That's a terrible British accent," I'm always basically just like, "Yeah, I, I can't." I it's out. Well, so I mean, but you could tell. Like, here's 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 a good rubric, good um rubric um wrong word good um test case. Um, interview with the, no, uh, no, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah. Keanu oh. Reeves doing a oh. very bad oh. All right, accent. even I have limit. Even I have, <laughs> I, I, even I have a basement to, you know, my, yeah, you would be like, able to okay. hear that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh... yeah. I like, I love Keanu Reeves too, basically. Keanu I, know, Reeves, I think yeah. he's wonderful, but yeah, he's a good friend of mine. You know, we go way back, but uh, I love Keanu. Keanu Reeves is my fave. <laughs> um, um, Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. 
Oh, Chris, you oh, mentioned. Whoa, 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 Ooh, go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa! I just thought of another plot hole in this. Oh yeah, uh, let's rip it apart. Let's rip this apart like a piece of paper that existed <clears throat> outside of the holodeck when he left the holodeck. This is exactly where I was going. Um, really? There's a story oh, yeah. behind really? this piece of paper that I don't know if you guys knew. Um, that is a plot hole. It is one that actually, when this script was written, was not a plot hole. Um, because what happens is they take that paper off the holodeck, they present it to Picard, and Picard realizes, oh, the game has changed. Moriarty can step off the holodeck. Um, the original scripted ending of this episode is when Picard goes back to Moriarty and says, no, we can't do that. He's lying in order to shut Moriarty up and, and trap him in the computer. Uh, Gene Roddenberry hated this idea because he didn't like the idea of Captain Picard being a liar. So instead, they basically ignore the, the, the sudden plot hole that emerges by, we took a piece of paper off the holodeck and you know, and the, the way they edited it, it's just Picard just doubling down on the quote unquote fact that no, we cannot take matter off the holodeck. Um, so you're wasting well, your time. because it's, yeah, uh, we didn't mention this because it's replicator technology. They're just mm -hmm. replicating matter. Yeah. And you can walk around with it. So. Yep. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. yep. Hmm. So, yep, definite plot hmm. hole, definite plot hole. One they yeah. ripped out on purpose. So a good episode on the surface, but once you start peeling away those layers, you see a lot of problems. I just also like I want go to go back to how great Dr. Pulaski is. She's just so cool under pressure. So she's just like, what are you gonna do with me? You gotta just let me go or whatever. Like she's like not scared yeah. at all. She's not mm -hmm. intimidated by this holodeck yeah, creature. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm just filled with crumpets. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then he's like flirting with her and he's like, well, however old you are, I will fill you with crumpets. This, what a line. This is, <laughs> that, that's a great, that's a great. Does that mean something? Is that a, uh, but it means something great, to me, I'll tell you. <laughs> this is a great, this is one of my favorite things about this episode, though, is one Moriarty, because Daniel Davis is awesome actor. He's great as Moriarty. But I, I love this idea. And this the sequel episode, uh, Ship in a Bottle, doubles down mm -hmm. on this idea, which is that Moriarty is programmed to be, uh, you know, a supervillain. Um, but the minute he gains sentience, he does not want to be that person anymore, you know, and he kind of feels yeah. stuck in this role. And I find that that's such an interesting idea, the idea of, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're giving hologram sentience, then, you know, it's the same thing as like, you know, um, you know, I, I, I gave my maid robot basically, uh, you know, uh, the ability to say no, and now it never wants to do the laundry kind of thing. It, like, it's that kind of just like, you know, you assign yeah. these roles and then you try to be their friend. And then there's just like, why do I have this role? I think that's, that, that is such a, yeah. in, such an interesting idea. Well, and it's like evolution uh, pounding into our brains that resources are scarce and we must murder people trying to take our resources and us evolving beyond that to, you know, sure. In the yeah. perfect society we live in today, am I right? Yeah. Things are going mm -hmm. good. It's really great here in America. I mean, it's a relevant episode now that we're talking about all the the AI stuff that's coming out. It's yeah. actually our current time frame, not the right, Picard not time not the frame. current time frame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a really good point because I was thinking about that a lot, especially when uh, Jordy tasks the computer with, okay write an original Sherlock Holmes mystery and the computer is basically just like, all right, I'll take a little bit of this one and I'll take a little bit of this one, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Data's just like, I can figure this out. And Piklaski's just like lame. You know, it's just like a bunch of, you know, separate mysteries, you, the computer glued together. Like that's not impressive. Uh, I think about a lot of that a lot, especially, you know, like the, the whole debate right now about uh, AI art and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. 
about, you know, what are the limits of artificial, you know, what, what are the limits of a computer basically creating mm -hmm. art, you know? Um, and I, you know what? I'm thinking about Jordy's model again. I think it's very interesting that Jordy's like, um, that data's just like, oh, you didn't, you know, replicate this? You know, this is, you made this? Like, why? And Jordy's just like, because I did it by hand. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. And you think about that and you think about like, you mm -hmm. know, uh, artificial intelligence art doesn't have that, you know, human touch. All it has is just, you know, mm -hmm. bits and bobs from, you know, other things humans touch just kind of glued together. It's just like, yeah, we are we really, we're really losing yeah. something by, you know, doing it differently, aren't we? I have an IMDB um, question for Michael Henley. I want to see if you clocked um, mm. the actress who plays Jordy's assistant. Do you know who that is? At the oh, beginning oh. of the episode. Uh, I do actually. Oh, I forget her name, but she was the neighbor on Mad About You. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good job. <laughs> What's her name? Good job. Her name is Anne Ramsey, and she Anne was Ramsey. the neighbor on Mad About You. And I wanted yeah. to see if Michael Henley clocked it, and he did. So I'm very proud. <laughs> Good job. Was, I think she was like Helen Hunt's sister, I want to say. Was she? Yeah, yeah. Maybe? Helen Hunt's yeah, sister. Yeah. 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 And she was uh, very good on that show. And mm -hmm. she was she made a she made a good assistant. Um I also the next episode um started playing while I was making dinner. And so I watched the outrageous O'Connor, at least parts of it. And the, the guests, one of the guests on that show playing, you know, just the you know, almost nameless hot ensign is uh Terry Hatcher. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's an excuse to get her into like a red negligee and have her just like seen through a, it's really kind of gross, but you know, good job. Good job. That's a, that's, that, that, that is a weird episode. <laughs> and then he's learning, and then Data's learning um, stand up from Joe Piscopo yes. on the holodeck. And they're trying to do a Jerry That's the same Jerry Lewis. episode. It's the it's same the, episode. Yeah. Yeah. O'Connor yeah. episode. Wow. <laughs> And, I, yeah, I and know Data's like, his, computer, I'd yeah. like to learn about humor. And I'm like, I feel like that's how I am all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they called back his character in Prodigy recently. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is fun. Funny thing. A lot, a lot less lecherous in the in the in the just the depiction yeah. on Prodigy than um he was <laughs> on a on yeah. this episode of, of TNG. We should probably move on to the Picard yeah. episode. <laughs> Can I just say real quick that Okana episode? It's really weird because Data is inspired to do comedy because it's like, oh, Okada's like really funny. But if like you watch the episode, it's like, this guy's not funny at all. Like, Data, no, what are you a, talking about? It's not funny. He's a scuzzball. <laughs> oh my God. Data is funny like all the time. It, yes. it reminds me of the the Wizard of Oz. It's like you had the heart the whole time. Yeah. Uh, right. Tin Man. Data, well, they ever seen like that too? Where... from you. They have a yeah. scene like that too, where he's with Guyner and he's trying to do all the stuff he learned on the, on the oh, holodeck. Yeah. And then he says something that's just his regular life. And it's just funny. She's like, no, that's funny. And he's like, it is like, he has like no idea. <laughs> he tries to tell a Ferengi joke. It's great. Um, you know, of course, Ferengi jokes get you canceled in this day and age. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about Picard season six, season three, episode six, uh, the bounty. <clears throat> the bounty. Uh, Worf and Raffi board the Titan and together with the crew develop and execute a plan to infiltrate Daystrom Station. Uh, the Titan is forced to flee after Starfleet ships arrive. Picard seeks out help from Geordi LaForge, his former chief engineer, now a Commodore, in charge of the Starfleet Museum. The away team is confronted by a version of Professor Moriarty and discovers that a Soong-type android containing the memories of Data, B4, Lal, Lore, and Alton Soong is at the heart of Daystrom and also contains the project's database they are looking for. Equipped 
with a Klingon cloaking device stolen by Jack, who is suffering from Picard's old neurological condition, and LaForge's daughters, Sydney and Alondra, the crew returns to Daystrom, where they recover the away team minus Riker, who was captured. They discover that the item stolen by the changelings was the original dead organic body of Jean-Luc Picard. And Riker <laughs> is brought aboard the Shrike, where he is reunited with his wife, Deanna Troy, who is abducted by Vatic. Mm. Did you enjoy the bounty? The bounty. Did they mention in that synopsis the whole um, his uh, Jack Crusher having the same weird yes, disease? Yes, they did. Picard? Yes, they did. Yes. So glad you were I listening. They did. I was. That. A, I <laughs> have a little ADD, guys. Okay. I have a little bit, just a little bit. Yes, they mentioned that he that he has Picard's old eremotic syndrome. Picard's old Eremotic. neurologic. Yeah, eremotic. Yeah. Eremotic. Sounds like a. Yeah, um, yeah, some sort of um, should be in like a '90s just, punk, deaf punk. Song I don't or quite understand what eremotic syndrome is because it was just like when you're old, you're gonna get old. Uh, well, I, and it sounds like a form of dementia because it basically gives you hallucinations. Yeah. That's like the basically, big thing. Yeah. yeah. In 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 the final episode of Next Gen, that's when they discover that Picard has eremotic syndrome, which as he's ping ponging yeah. through time, that means why in the future he has less credibility because people are like, oh, the old man's, you know, the old crazy man. Yeah. Exactly. Has anybody ever wondered why Beverly Crusher can't have normal kids that don't have weird powers? Yeah. I'm sure, Beverly Crusher wonders that. I'm sure Gates McFadden wonders that. <laughs> Why can't she just have like a, a regular kid? Yeah. Yeah. But also if you had a regular, regular kid, then kids. you wouldn't be, you know, traveling the space, you know, uh, having a, a 10 episode storyline. She's been in every mm-hmm. episode. So, I mean, maybe it's not the worst thing to have a weirdo kid, um, you know, uh, get get written back in a big way, you know. We still don't know. You look, you look at freaking Deanna Troy. I'm so sorry. When is she going to be, be in anything of any substance in this series? It's been like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to wag my holographic finger at you. I'm, but at, and at the very end of this episode, she's there. But I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's. I'm finding it frustrating. A little I mean, bit. for us, it's like I don't. I believe everyone's a changeling anyway. Is it really Deanna Troy? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that is yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah, especially like. It's got to be tough when you're captured by a changeling and the changeling is like, let me present to you your loved one. Because you could just be like, that's not real. Prove to me that they're mm. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. I did see that criticism made its way online. I did see the showrunner basically just say, don't worry, you know, Marina, M- Marina will be here in the end. So, you know, I guess he's basically saying, hold your horses. She's, so she's got Well, they that basically have like three episodes that... left. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, she's got that telepathy that could really come in handy. Uh, well, that's why they often like kneecap her because they're like, we got to keep her out. Otherwise, she would easily solve yeah. whatever problem we have going on. Right, right, right. She, she only has the empathy part. She doesn't have the thoughts part. She can't. But she can like thought. tell when people are lying or being, um, mm-hmm. you know, deceptive. Sense deceit. Which is weird why they always invited her to the poker game. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're right. You are right. You are so right about that. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, I um, the, yeah. I I I enjoyed seeing Jordy again. I I I'm and I. It makes sense to me that he you know starts off as this sort of stubborn. You know, I I follow the rules. I have a good life now. Don't ruin this for me. And then they they bring him back around. And um, that part I liked. I did enjoy that. Like 
all would, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, I always put myself in the shoes. It's just like, hey, if you know, this person like showed up and like I got a good thing going basically and like wanted fugitives yeah. and everything. Like I think it would be a big part of me that just like really good friends, yes, but I'm just like, I just wanted to have a normal day. Can we just have a normal day? Like, yeah. I get it. Uh well, you know that Jordy really just wanted love and to be a family man. We really kind of talked about this. Like, I'm so glad he found love and a family. Yeah. Um, even though we still don't know who yeah. the mom yeah. wife is. Thanks for that. They're they're like they don't want to cap that up just in case. Um, I I like that his daughter is his daughter on the show. I kind of think yeah. that's a nice thing. Um it doesn't add Burton, or yeah. It, yeah, Mika Burton. It doesn't take anything away from the show, but just knowing that makes it like it's kind of nice. Like, oh, it's like they're a family. Um, and she is kind of a nerdy engineer type, which makes it like really great. Like a very like she oh, is yeah. kind of Jordy's little little doppelganger. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> which I true. think is nice. Um, and I saw her on, she was on The View with LeVar, with her dad. Um, yeah. And it was really sweet. And they were talking about how Whoopi Goldberg had like given her uh, a cashmere baby blanket when she was a baby. Because like her Star Trek <laughs> family is her family. And she was saying for that reason, she didn't want to watch it. Because it was weird to see like Uncle Michael and, and Aunt Marina on the television. So, you know, I didn't want to watch Star Trek. So I was a Star Wars kid. And my friends had to have an intervention to make me watch Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> that was really cute. That was really cute uncomfortable watching her family kiss on television i guess i would imagine or watching her, yeah. her dad be a total creep to an engineer you know uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> wow and then later they're basically just like by the way that character is now your mom um yeah. good luck i yeah. love lavar burton i love lavar burton as like a, a person every word every thing that comes out of his mouth though i just hear him like ending a story like every line <laughs> is Rainbow. like but it, but it's not just that he's. It's like the end of a story, and that is why my daughter is not safe on your ship. <laughs> so like I can't do it because I'm not Lavar Burton. But it just always feels like everything's like a, a declaration that's like ending yeah. the sentence. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see that's that. How, that's how I feel. But um, you still should. He should end every monologue with, but you don't have to take my word for it. But you don't. That's what it sounds like he's <laughs> he about does, he to say. You don't have to take my word for it yeah oh god i love uh, that show butterfly in the sky okay <laughs> i can fly twice as high take a look it's in a book geordie love forge there was an episode where uh <laughs> where they did like go to star trek with him and see, see him backstage and i was right. just like everything i like right. is in one place right now it was mm-hmm. <laughs> everything i like is in one place <laughs> i don't have to change the channel it's all right i, I don't have I knew I was a weird kid because like um when um when the the, the DVDs of Next Generation they remastered they, they they threw on that Reading Rainbow episode and I remember people reacting to that just going like oh this Reading Rainbow episode this is how I got into Star Trek and all I could think was just like oh this Star Trek and Reading Rainbow is how I got into Reading Rainbow actually I like Star Trek <laughs> I know Star I'm a Trek weird first. kid the reverse yeah <laughs> actually I think you're right I was like oh wait a second the Star Trek guy has a reading show I'll watch right. that. <laughs> I know. Um, I think I think I might have been reading Rainbow first, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's all very it's very muddy. It's in my muddled. Brain. It That's is the muddled back path. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the traditional path. It's very muddy back there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something about Worf and Raffi. It mm-hmm. was they have this little um, reunion scene, and then Seven is there, and it's just kind of this weak, awkward. Like I guess we should say something that they were in a relationship. I guess we need to address it, but it just 
it, it was awkward in the scene, but it also felt kind of like awkward for the writers to put in there. Yeah, it was and forced. I think that, and that shows to me how I didn't like their relationship to begin with because that was forced. So that okay. shows to me how Ooh. weak their relationship was that now we're in the next season and it's like, oh, hey, remember we were in a relationship? Okay, bye. It also shows how little they want to reference what they have done over the past two yeah. seasons. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't don't look here. Don't look behind the curtain at this thing we did that yeah. we were quickly fixing. Yeah. yeah, I kind of agree. And I mean, especially, I think it shows just how little interest this season. I know we've talked about Raffi before, basically, and, and what we feel about her. But I think this season as well, basically, just kind of doesn't really care about Raffi at all. Because I feel like they're primarily using her as kind of like a prop or like have someone for Worf to talk to and, and plot with mm -hmm. basically yeah and this scene just felt very much just like right we got to reference it let's just get it over with kind of thing mm -hmm. I think it was smart to put Raffi and Worf together we talked about before yes. I like Worf's direction of trying to be a pacifist I thought like Will Riker was being very weirdly sarcastic with him well I don't recall their back and forth uh they did have a back and forth like that, though, I think. They did? I, I, can, I okay. can think of them having that sort of, I think it's been a little exaggerated for this for this episode, yeah. but they definitely had that kind of... He would tease him a lot. Riker was always taking the piss out of everybody. He was like, come on, yeah. Data, okay. come on. You know, he's always being like that guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. There's a running gag in this episode of like Riker, you know, kind of... Worf comes on the scene and he's basically, I'm a pacifist now. And Riker's basically just like, oh boy, like, you know, he's like, we're just, fucked. You know, we're going to die. Like, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And all I could think of is just like, if you rewatch Next Generation, one of the biggest uh, tricks that the writers ever do to convince you that, like, oh, this new, this, this antagonist is a real threat is to have them knock the shit out of Worf. So I think mm -hmm. it's really funny. Yeah. That's basically right. Yeah. Riker's basically just like, oh, you're not going to put up a fight. Oh, we're all going to die. It's like, I think you guys are still going to be okay. <laughs> truly well yeah. okay so now we have to talk about all data and all the new data now the new all the new data the, all the new data yeah. mashup mm -hmm. uh alton soon alton soon remind me um guys uh, alton soon is true on the family tree alton soon is, is um Noonien Sung's son, I believe, right? Am I right about that? Uh or, grandson. Or, br or brother? I forget. I don't Nguyen know. Noonien Sung was on the previous season. Uh, Who was the Sung on the last season? He was the ancestor. And because the ancestor. Yeah. And then we had a Sung, we had a Sung on the first season. We had Alton Soon was the Soong on the first season. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, okay. he that created the he created the golem that Picard for himself yes. and then gave to Picard. Okay. Okay. Son says memory yeah. alpha. See, so, I was right. Yeah. I knew. I knew. So, I was right. But so, but Noonien Soon was anyway the, way before. The, he's the yeah. He's his data's <laughs> creator. Laura's creator. Yeah. He's OG. He's OG. He he created that lady. Has uh, we made a, a, an android of his wife? Um, right, and she right, didn't right, figure right. out what it, it was her. She she never found out she was an android, which is great. I hope she had a great life. Right. Yeah. Um. That's the other thing. If you don't know if you're real or not real, does it make you less real? It's a good question. 
Okay, we're so, getting into territory I hate. You know, this is that whole thing that Jay was doing before. It was like, are we in the Matrix? Are we, is it all a fake, you know? I little, mean, if, are we? If, arch. 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 <laughs> arch. It's not working. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I guess they 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 referenced that data had died twice already and i'm like mm -hmm. don't bring data back again we cannot kill this kid's like stop no. killing data and bringing him back again i feel it's like they're gonna give him a new name once his like personality settles yeah it's not data i love how he switches i love how brent spiner switches so quickly between all of his roles that he's played i think that's really cool I wish we could see some lol though, because we've seen before, we've seen data, we've seen lore, we haven't seen any lol, and I love yeah. lol mm -hmm. so much. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I'm I'm curious to see where this goes because like my whole thing, I know that the first couple seasons of Picard were very um, you know, uh controversial. Um, you know, and I think there's you know criticisms being made, but I think one of the things I thought they really did well was actually um their Picard and Data kind of have a final scene that they, they didn't really get a chance to have in uh, the mm -hmm. last movie, Nemesis. Yeah. When Data dies. I actually thought that was really effective so much so that like I kind of resisted the idea of like oh we're bringing him back I know not really and it's yeah. you know it's it's warring you know um yeah. soon androids within one positronic brain but I was kind of when Brent Spiner showed up in the trailers I was kind of more into the idea of like oh it's lore you know like is in no data's yeah. gone like we don't get data back you know instead you get lore who is canonical yeah. you know he's still around um, and it's the idea of like, maybe we're going to rehabilitate right. lore, or at least we're going to explore lore. I was like, well, that's interesting. And now yeah. it's kind of, it feels a little bit like having their cake and eating it too, I feel. Just I think we will. I think we will. Um, uh, we'll talk about this next week in the next episode. I think yeah. it, that lore comes out a little bit, but it's still <laughs> not really lore. It's not really data. And yeah. uh, Beverly makes a comment, like it's something so new and miraculous. I'm like, wait a second, isn't Picard also in this new miraculous mm -hmm. um, yeah. Gollum body? Aren't they both? And, I, and then they do mention that they're kind of the same in that way. Right. No. We come and, back to, yeah, we come back to yeah. the, the Picard is, is Picard Picard. Yeah. The old Schrodinger's cat of this of this series is Picard, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly. You can't it's see like, Picard's soul, is it there? <clears throat> it's interesting um, to put it up against the Moriarty episode where we talk about, yeah. like, I think therefore I am. Like, your consciousness <laughs> is in a robot body. Right. And which is all that, that Moriarty wanted. Yeah, which is like all we could have given him. That's a good point. A while wow. ago, but he's been he hanging out. Just the Federation does not care about holograms. They just don't. They don't. You know, like, they don't. Yeah. They really and don't. I am ready to start a revolution. So last episode, we were ready to join the rebellion. changing revolution. And now like, we're ready I'm to join the hologram it. rebellion. The solids, like the solids are a problem. Yeah. Solids For me real. too. But I, I, you know, I upped my Metamucil and it's been a lot better. <laughs> you know what? I think they do the, I think, I think that. I, anyway, I just want to say that I think they do that on Voyager too. I think the holograms start a revolution, and they do call people. They do, solids, yeah. That's I like think. a late, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like this is like a weird, like dystopian, like Star Trek thing they haven't really kind of explored because it's like that. Yeah. It's like that classic, like dark sci-fi thing of just like we eliminated racism, but also we hate holograms because otherwise, who would we put? Yeah, yeah who, who would we, su who like, we subjugate? I... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like exactly. They keep bringing up the topic and then dropping it, which makes <laughs> it a little frustrating. 
It's like, no, um, you don't understand. We need to look down on someone, you know? Like that's how weren't the holograms that, works. It's like, wait, the holograms wait, that revolted the ones, weren't they ones that had been um, other um, doctors, yeah. you know, from, from Voyager who had then been put on like that, you know, mucking scowl or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, yeah. They don't talk about that anymore. Yeah, they don't. All of the all of the um, Mach One EMH doctors have mm -hmm. were. And changed. did he survive? You know this ban on artificial intelligence. Oh, that's did, a good how, question. How did, how did the doctor <gasps> get through? That's a great question. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, and here oh. we go with another plot hole. If there were all these changelings, all you would need is some holographic uh, personnel to. Um, yeah. They can get through. They're holograms. There's things that holograms can do. Yeah, that's that, true. Um, solids can't do. So mm. I'm going to call humans solids now. I like that. Changelings can learn how to emulate holograms. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> is that shape. possible? I guess it is I, I possible. Mean, they can do things like be, I don't know, fog, I guess. Can they be fog? Yeah. Yeah. Odo definitely... That like pretended to be Odo. fog like at one point Odo could yeah. be fog or water Shit. or but he's like he come he at one point became like the the Jedi master right towards the end he got like very good at what he was doing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah but he still couldn't do a human face that was really no. he was like still <laughs> still droopy still flat still very still clay face still clay face I, I'm racking my brain but I think actually ultimately I think they do explain it in the sense of like Odo's basically just like well event like this has just kind of become my face it would be weird to change it I think that's true. Um, yeah, you know? I like that. That's how I true. feel too. That's why I'm not getting Botox because this is my face. <laughs> true, I'm not going to change it. True. I also don't want to spend seven hundred dollars on something that's only going to last true. six months. Um, <laughs> all, I could, all I could think though was like poor Renee Auvergnat was just like, "Hey, no, no, really, like you could, you don't have to put me in the makeup chair for like four hours every day, right?" No, no, no. We wrote this line that you know indicates that, that this is your face. Yeah. So, no, you, that once we, again we chains to you that. to this makeup for the rest of your yeah. goddamn uh, life in this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody so, will know what you look like. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So sorry. call time is four thirty, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Yeah. Although I imagine his applique was a lot easier than like a cling something with anything with yeah, the bumps and the ridges definitely. and like the more definitely. you know. I've watched she enough get of, really... uh, what's that? What's that show on uh, that that Face Off? Judged. Face oh off. wait, oh I'm sorry, I was thinking about Face Off, the like the uh, the makeup show, like the sci-fi makeup show. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, RuPaul was it... a judge on that. I think. Oh no, I'm, RuPaul was a judge was, on the on the body painting one. That's the one. That's the one I I thought you were thinking of. The, I'm, no, I'm the thinking of one with Mackenzie. One. I'm thinking of the one with Mackenzie Westmore. That's Face Off. Face Off. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, okay. I was well, I watched the British Next Makeup Star. Is that did you guys watch that one? Is oh, that is it face called, off? No, is that the one the lady goes, ding dong? Yeah, ding dong. <laughs> yeah. I watched the ding dong one. She's funny. She's always just like, we're having them doing a technical challenge of a jeweled lip. Now a jeweled lip is a lip with jewels on it. And it's like, okay, well, I think <laughs> I could have put that together with context clues. Wait, but, wait, uh, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> A jeweled lip has jewels on it. <laughs> Ding dong. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Before I forget, before I forget, we have a listener, an anonymous listener question. Yay! Awesome. That came in to our prime subjective pod email, which is primesubjectivepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, feel free to write in. You can remain public or anonymous. This Nameless soul has decided to be anonymous, so I'm going to read it uh, to you now. 
Longtime listener, first time emailer. Question <laughs> for each of you. If you had to join Starfleet, what division would you choose? And a follow-up, if time allows, where do you want to be stationed? Sincerely, Broccoli Fan. Um, thank you. Thank you for your question, Broccoli Fan. You, uh, it's, uh, it's the first time we've had a, a listener question. We're very excited. Um, and I'm going to, Michael Henley, you answer first. Uh, I'm going to answer in backwards order and say I would actually prefer to be stationed on Deep Space Nine, not, not just because it's my favorite Trek show, but also because mm -hmm. like uh, at deep soul searching, I feel like I like like stability. I like the idea of like, this is where I live. And like maybe every other weekend, I'll go down to Bajor or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. It's a four hour shuttle ride, but you know what? It's worth it. That kind of thing. As opposed to being on the Enterprise. Like, we're here. We're there. We're like, where? where, where? Mm -hmm. Now we're home. Yeah. Now we're back. And it's just like, I don't, I don't like that. Same reason, you know, I couldn't live in like a Winnebago. You know, I'd just be like, I like being stationary um i think you know for all i mean i definitely am not cut out for command uh you know too many scary decisions i don't like that um i would say probably i'm not smart enough to be an engineer i would probably say you can uh, work on your self-talk buddy <laughs> i know i know uh you work on that <laughs> uh this you is know, with like... your imagination <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know you're like so i'm really down on myself all right you're like i don't know with my current skill set i don't know if i can place in the academy i'm not sure <laughs> fine uh ship services because i want to be able to like fly the ship so like whatever you know uh whatever whatever jordan you would fly the of. con you would be on the con okay i cool. want to be on the con yeah neat i like you want to be a pilot yeah, you want to smash into something? I'll be like, no, yeah. that was the, you know, that was that was the a guy at the other desk. You know, yeah, that was right? the, yeah, that was the the android. Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what about you, Carrie? What do you think? What do you? Well, do? if it was me with my current skill set, I'd probably just coach, <laughs> coach improv. I'd be like, you know, work. I'd be like the corporate team building person. Yeah. You know, like get teach people how to work with each other. Yes, and. Mm -hmm. But in my imagination, yes, <laughs> I'm sort of uh, a terraformer. I'd be interested in that science. Oh, I'd like to botany of sorts and you'd like, terraforming. You'd like to enslave some exocomps to do your bidding and uh, you can terraform and then. Uh... <laughs> well, not on day yeah. one. Not on day one. That's 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 further in the training. Yeah. I like that. And yeah, I guess I'd just be stationed wherever they need. Um, some uh, uh, oxygen from plants. Okay. I don't know. I, see, I don't Enceladus, have that current. Somewhere like that. Yeah, Michael, yeah. I don't have that current skill set. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the answer of dreams, man. I, I, I like the answer of current skill set and of, of like dream skill set. So I think current skill set, <laughs> skill set, I'm doing really good. Skill set. Uh, skill set. <laughs> current skill set, um, I would be um, clearly a head, chief medical officer. Uh, uh no uh current uh, skill set i think the, the division i probably would be in would be like um diplomacy like mm -hmm. an ambassador to another world i feel like that's probably what my skill set would lead me to um and and maybe like a cool world to be an ambassador to would be like risa you know i'd be like you know the ambassador to risa so i could just like you know um have my statue out all the time and i'd be, be like, stationed <laughs> on a pleasure planet baby <laughs> yeah yeah i was like can i lead into the hedonistic aspects of this uh post post uh, apocalyptic future or whatever it'd be great um yeah but but if i not my current skill set my dream like what i would like to really do i think maybe astrometrics sound really fun and romantic cool. like working in you know yeah. star charts and like star charting star with charts. Like the, star uh, charts star charts would be really star cool charts. you know 
and in, in, in this in this fantasy i'm also from the midwest so i just love star, star charts oh hey it's me it's it's ensign sheboygan and i'm here to do it, star star charts oh annika hansen that's a nice name do you know the oh. hansons <laughs> You know, the Hansons have a lovely lutefisk recipe that I have to share with you. It's it's mostly butter, but it's very good. Oh, did you um, have some of that jello salad? It was so good, so good. I was like, I brought I coffee and bars. I brought coffee and bars as well. So, okay, it's really good. Oh, oh there's Father McGarnacle. Hey, Father. Hey, how's it going? Hey, yeah. Father. Just going with Star Oh, my God. I'm just literally quoting Drop Dead Gorgeous left and right. Sorry about that. Father McGonagall, sidewalks. Ooh. That's why we Lutherans drink great Kool-Aid is the blood of Christ. Um, <laughs> what a funny movie. Oh my God, I see that so well. So many parts of it, as many movies of the turn of century, do not help hold up. Sure. Like, you know, you know they don't they don't treat people with disabilities real great. They use the R word a lot. Mm. Um, but many other parts are still very funny, um, which is good. Um, and yeah, anyway. Uh, that's a that's a, a tangent. But um, any final thoughts on this episode uh, after our quick foray into a, a listener question? I love the little Easter eggs on the um, uh, Daystrom oh, station, yes. like the, yeah. the Genesis device and uh, James Kirk's body is just hanging out there. <laughs> just hanging out mm-hmm. there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes sense that Picard's body would be hanging out there. Yeah. Uh, there was a weird interaction where they had to explain what section 31 was. And I feel like they did that for the audience's benefit. Yeah. Yep. Not just, they felt like they needed to say that (laughs) because not everybody would know, I guess. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like the, uh, those little tidbits. It's fun. I like that. I mean, it was definitely, you know, uh, self-indulgent, but they've earned the right, you know, like I, I got no complaints. Mm-hmm. I'm just being, you know, like tons of Easter eggs, you know, like the ship museum, like all that kind of stuff. And I like the fact that they never they didn't go too far with it as in just like, well, that's ridiculous. You know, like for, there was a first second where it's basically just like um, where um, they're admiring the movie enterprise, you know, the ones with like the rectangular nacelles and whatnot. I was just like, well, where's the original Enterprise? And I was like, oh, right. Wait, actually, it blew up in a movie. We all saw yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That, you know? so, oh, yeah. So- and they're looking at the um, in the same in the same uh, vein, looking at all the ships that are in the Fleet Museum. Yeah. Looking at the so sweet. Bird of Prey mm-hmm. and the Voyager. And yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was my, that was the part that I absolutely teared up at was Seven oh. talking about Voyager. I was like, mm, you were reborn there. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Um, so with those very sweet but I think um, I, online too a lot of folks who are I think neurodivergent feel an, an alignment with seven of nine oh. um, mm-hmm. so I've been seeing a lot of like folks posting and saying you know you're 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 telling our story in a different way which is it's very cool to see that's, that's people cool. finding themselves in these futuristic mm-hmm. stories um, and in their own in their own personal you know mm-hmm. uh, personal lives and I think that's really cool well and for me that's only when Loxana Troy is on screen but um, you know, uh... <laughs> I, I, I think that's always super interesting too, especially when it's stuff where, like, if you ask the people who made the show, it's just like, well, we actually didn't intend this to be a metaphor for. Sure. But at the same time, if you take it that way, you know, and 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 we didn't mess up, you know, by you know, uh, you know, uh, then that's really cool. I, I really I really like that 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 different interpretation thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and it becomes a little Rorschach test. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like that. Well, cool. Well, good episode, my friends. Uh, we Yay. we've done it again, um, and we're gonna we're gonna you know 
two episodes ago, I created a song for Crossroads Comedy Theater. Last episode, Carrie created a song for Crossroads oh, Comedy Theater. And that means, means oh no, Michael Henley's okay. turn to create a Crossroads Comedy Theater theme song. It starts now. All right, this is an original composition. Crossroads Comedy Theater. <laughs> Crossroads Comedy Theater. And something else. Bum, 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 you chose Star Wars?